He is the modern day Don Nealon. The Don Nealon's Mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread. He's called into the program. As the hills of West Virginia resound with the sounds of Goldenville football. It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Let them know, leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. They shouldn't have played the old Golden Blue. I was watching ESPN today and they showed a little thing about uh, our game tonight in the poll. And the whole U.S. was covered in red. And the only state, the greatest state in the nation, was covered in blue. And that was West Virginia. And that's why we won this game. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. Uh, joined always by Bradley Brown. I am your host, Stephen Vestal, and today we're going to be covering the spring game. Uh, today is Wednesday, April 27th. We've got a lot of content coming towards you this week. Uh, I think we've got three different shows, that, or with the one that Cruz dropped yesterday. Uh, so we got a, a bunch of content. But, uh, yeah, it's really exciting right now. So it's fun to talk about. It's uh, easy to get out here and chat. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun time in the springtime to be able to get some of these, you know, some of these episodes out there and talk about all the different things. Because you know, in, in the season, it's all structured. You know, you have, you know, pre pre game episode, recap episode, and you know, these are kind of fun to just mess around with and do different things. And it's pretty, it's pretty obvious right now that Mountaineer Nation's excited. Spring game got people, you know. It was definitely interesting no matter what it was. And so, you know, um, it's kind of good to see the fan base of Buzz. It gets players more invested in something like that. So I think it's good to see. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, as far as spring games go, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of a little bit of a chatter through the fan base that there wasn't, you know, a good turnout for the spring game. But as far as spring games go and the ones that I've been to, I thought that there was a pretty good turnout. I forget how many – you know how many people that were officially there, uh, but I really, I, I truly did. I, I liked the turnout. I liked that they opened up both sides of the stadium this year too, instead of just the one side. Uh, they yeah. closed off the upper decks, but. And the thing a lot of people forget is we all three showed up, but not a lot of people from the you know southern part of the state have a chance to just go up there and you know go to a spring game. It's not. It's a three-hour trip for us, so you know not everybody can do that. So that's a huge chunk of your fan base that has a hard time even getting. To Morgantown, so you know, yeah, and people you know, a lot of people don't realize a southern a boys down here. Most fa- I think, you know, in my opinion, a lot of the most passionate fan base is located in this part of the state, so so there's you know, it is a big deal for a lot of us to get up there to the game. I know we try to get up there to as many as we can, but but the trip and, and how lengthy of a trip it is, it, it makes it really hard. It does, uh, it, was good, overall, it was a good game, though. Yeah, the weather was beautiful, yeah. team played well. West Virginia the weather won. was beautiful, absolutely beach weather. Um, I thought that the way they set the game up and the way Neil Brown, you know, designed the game instead of it just being, you know, drilled and things like that, I thought that the setup of the game made it very entertaining. I thought it was fun to watch. You know, there was competition you could tell between the gold and the blue team and, you know, the people that were on there. So I, th- I think it was fun for them. It was fun for the, the fans to watch. Um, a one-point game, which you don't really see in a spring game that much. Um but yeah, a couple crazy overall. flags. We had Sam James pissing on the ball, so you know it was entertaining yeah. to say the least. Yeah, Sam James doing the the leg up dog peeing on the ball. Yeah, that was a fun time. 
Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to get into some highlights of the spring game here in just a few seconds, and then we're going to talk about everything. Um, but yeah, just overall, I wanted to, to, to mention how, how fun of a time it was. I, I hope that the spring game continues to be a bigger uh, event for West Virginia because if things in the summertime for West Virginia, if you can get guys, people up there to have a good time, I think that would be really fun. It's fun when it's, you know, hot in September, but you know, when you get up there for these spring games and, you know, it's just all about having a good time and seeing what the team yeah. got. But yeah, hanging out with some friends and stuff. It was nice. Yeah, it was a fun time. Fun time. I uh, got to see a lot of alumni that you know played back in the day. I, yeah, I they had Major Harris. There's around. a lot of people. That, yeah, there's yeah, a Major lot of Harris. I know one point we stood behind uh, Austin Kendall. Like like I mentioned, Brad Howe. Uh, yeah, there was a bunch of people that I seen up there on Saturday. A lot of alumni yeah. came back. Definitely cool. All right, so. Uh, so I guess just going over, I guess the first team, we didn't really get a chance to see what the first team had. You know, they didn't really let them, let them tackle. They played mostly two-hand touch with the first team all day long. But um, what what you did get to see was how the offense flowed and the tempos that they had. Um, so I guess looking at that, um, I guess we'll start off with the offensive line. What did, what did you think about the offensive line on Saturday? Yeah, so some of the interesting things I saw was I saw Jordan White playing a lot of center and guard, and I think that's a brilliant move uh, for a couple reasons. For one, he's you're trying to build that depth there in the offensive line. Center's a really gnarly spot to play anyway. Um, so you want guys in there that have experience. But I also think that putting Jordan White in there gives um, – we all know that Zach Frazier's probably the leader of the offense at this point in time. He's definitely the leader of the line for sure. Um, but he pretty much runs that whole offense. And I think that it gives uh, other players a chance to kind of like step into that leadership role and let them try to kind of take control of the line that doesn't have Zach Frazier in it. Um, other than that, the battle between Jaquay Hubbard and Brandon Yates has definitely been kind of fun to watch. They've both been going at it. And, you know, they both have their upsides. They both have their downsides. And Jaquay Hubbard's pretty much changed his whole body around, so he looks good. Yeah, so, that's the uh, that's the player that I wanted to mention was Jaquay Hubbard. I thought that he did really well on Saturday. Uh, I think – the offensive line as a whole looked looked better as a unit. I think they looked more cohesive and they play together. Um, you could tell that they played a full season together at this point yeah. because this is a night and day difference from last year what they looked like at this point. Um, but but I like that too. I like the, um, Zach Frazier has looked like a man amongst men out there, which is you know I, everybody talks a lot about Zach Frazier and his improvements and how he moved along last year. But I think that. He has really become a leader on that offensive line, uh, like you said, and I really think that he's going to be a difference maker this year for West Virginia. Um, I think he could potentially be one of the best offensive linemen to ever play at West Virginia um, if he keeps on the on the same track that he's going right now. I really like I really like what I see out of him. Um, but the entire offensive line as a unit, I really I really liked everything that I seen from them. You know, I, I think they had some good push. They had a lot of push. They had a lot of push. They created holes for running backs. And, you know, like I said, you know, the first team, you couldn't really see a lot, and you didn't really see if Tony or or uh, Lynn Jay or any of those guys could break any tackles, which would have been interesting to see if they could in a real game situation. They were getting three or four yards every play anyway. I mean, yeah, was... yeah. So, I mean, but the holes that they were created, that were created for them that they could get through was, was very impressive in my opinion. You know, yeah. it, we talk about not being able to tackle a lot, but – I just I liked the way that the offense operated. I guess I don't I don't really know the, the correct word to use, but you know, 
last year you would see two run plays and a pass play, three and out most of the time. And then, I don't know, just the the very the term I guess Cruz likes to use a lot is vanilla, but the, for how vanilla that it was, I was very impressed with what I seen out of the offense. Oh, for sure. So there were some big exciting plays in there, without a doubt. They let them air it out. I mean, it was it was oh, a lot absolutely. of seven on seven action. And on that aspect, I thought our offensive line, they were definitely throwing some funky packages at our offensive line for uh, the spring game. They were giving them some, you know, crazy blitzes out there. And I think that that was just as much for the quarterback as it was for the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I thought our offensive line did a good job picking it up. And I thought our uh, running backs also did a good job blocking. So, Yeah, I thought it was a great competition between the two teams. You know, I didn't yeah. really see a whole lot of, like, overpowerment, between, you know, until you get down to the second and third string play and you know you don't really see a lot of guys overpowering each other and i think that's a nod to how competitive this team is i think it was dante Wright in the coaching uh press conference the other day that was talking about you know the positivity of this team and why they're so positive and that's one thing that i really have have liked that i've heard out of everybody is how positive they are about everything you know i think uh caden prather the other day was talking about how easy it's become for him and the other guys for to catch over the over the shoulder balls. Big huge deal for me. Because, you know, it's it's one thing to catch a pass, but it's another thing to be running full sprint down a field with your head bouncing around and you know you got a helmet right here. It's hard to catch a football. And these guys are doing it like it's you know like it's something easy, according to Caden Prather. Yeah. And it was more of the way he said it too for me. It was uh they asked him, is that something you work on? And he said, oh, without a doubt. And they said, um, do you feel like you're better at that now than you were at the beginning of the spring? And he said, no question. And it's like, yeah. Right. I, he, there's no question he's better at it. And, like, that's confidence building right there. And he's somebody that's been exciting to watch. I mean, I've, if you've been in the program, you've had your eyes on Caden Prather. I've said that before. The guy has just been the one to watch for a while now. And we all knew his time was coming. And it's very comforting to see him. He seems to have a little bit more confidence and cockiness to him. He was out there celebrating. I mean, after Preston Fox had that big uh, catcher on the sideline, who was the first guy to get up with him? But it was Caden Prather and Bryce Fort Wheaton. You know, they got so excited with him. And, you know, Caden Prather was losing his mind. And it's his excitement for our team gets me excited because it, it makes me feel like he's having a good time there and having fun playing football for West Virginia. And we're going to need that because Caden's got potential to be, uh, you know, special. And we've seen in the yep. world today that special could also get bought. So – Exactly. I think it's very important to see him having a good time and enjoying his playing time and stuff like that and had a good time in spring practice. So that's something I think that, you know, doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. I think that in the world that we live in today with the transfer portal, I think that, you know, it's only right to to be worrisome of, of a player of his caliber, you know, leaving one day. So so it is a yeah. great thing to be able to see him, you know, happy and, and everybody on the team, for that matter, being yeah. happy where they're at and, and happy with the situation. On the other side of the ball from him, though, on the blue side of the – or, yeah, on the blue team, I thought that they looked uh, – I think he had Aubrey Burks going against him for most of the day. And Aubrey Burks, they said, yeah. was pretty tall. And he's he played really good. I mean, Caden Prather had a couple good catches. But uh, they tested him out there on the corner. I mean, they really put Caden Prather versus Aubrey Burks and said, you know, you two go out there and battle it out for this ball. And I think that they both had excellent plays. So I think that that's confidence building – when you're looking at probably the weakest part of our team on our defensive backs. so Yeah, I was actually watching that that matchup for the most part of the day 
uh, just because on the first on that first series or so, I think it was Caden Prather that caught uh, two or three passes in there. Um, yeah. So I, he got I, the one real nice one in the bucket where he just over the shoulder, like you were just talking about. Just yeah, beautiful. yeah. Well, that was you know that's another thing that I, I noticed mainly out of. Um, I was going to talk about the defense here in just a few minutes, but I really wanted to talk about um, the accuracy of the quarterback play. Um, you know, the, we can criticize this and we can criticize that, um, but from an overall standpoint, I know that Garrett Green had the, that one interception, um, but just from how fluid everybody was throwing the ball with how they were rolling out of the pocket to how they just operated the offense, I thought that all quarterbacks – looked fairly well even nico you know nico looked young and there was there was a few mistakes i i know that um and but and i know that everybody keeps saying that he should be getting ready for his high school prom right now but he really should be you know the kid should be still in high school right now and he's making plays out there against division one um, guys on a football field and if he's making plays at that that age then it's going to be scary to see what he can do in two to three seasons at wvu um but really i, I thought that will crowder looked very very I don't know if he's just been hiding this or if he's if he's just improved that much over the off season. But according to Coach Brown and everybody else, that you know, that's the first time that they've or that's the best that they've seen him look. Not the first time that they've seen him look that well. Yeah, and if you've been listening to them over the spring, as we have, you know that they've been talking about how his thing's just been consistency. He'll have a killer day one day and then kind of like a down day the next day. It's just he's not been as consistent. But Neil Brown's talked about how the spring game is a final. You know, if this has been a class, then leading up to this point, the 14 practices before this have been homework, and, you know, this is your final. And he came out and he played, and he played really well. And I think that's something I, I will probably keep going to these points because I think that this spring game is confidence building. So I'm going to get back to another confidence building step, as I talked about earlier. Uh, something that was confidence building for me is that I think that. Uh, Will Crowder is our best arm talent. He can. He definitely showed the potential to run. I mean, he had more more bunnies down there on his toes than I thought he did. So, you know, he, he could scoot a little bit. But he has the best arm talent out of all of our quarterbacks. He has the best throws, the best timing. Definitely is the most pure arm talent right now that we have in our quarterback room. With JT Daniels coming in, who is somebody that should be an elite arm talent, it gets me excited to see what he can do, you know, Will Crowder on crack pretty much, you know. And so it could, it could be something special. So if you get those timings down, he just, you know, even just better, more experience even, it, it could be big for us. So that's something that I definitely noticed. I think it's going to be huge. But the thing that worries me is, um, you know, will West Virginia be able to keep all of these, all of these quarterbacks on, on the roster by the time that the season starts in fall? Is, is the only thing that, that really starts to worry me because, you know, if, if Will Crowder's looking that good right now, Garrett Green, you know, even though he felt some criticism, I didn't think he played all that bad. I think he thought he played I, – I, in my opinion, he played much improved from what he played last season. Um, And that's just – I thought everybody looked improved, but in terms of Garrett Green, I really thought that, you know – we seen his legs last year. We didn't see his arm that much, and I thought we see a little bit more of his arm on Saturday. Is the reason I say that. Yeah, um, and on the on that note, I think that we're definitely. I think there's like there's one possibility where Garrett Green stays. I think, or maybe two. So I think it's if Garrett Green feels that going into this weekend, I thought it was Garrett Green thinks he could beat up Nico Markio. Nico Markio is going to stay because he's the future of the program. 
JT Daniels was coming in to start. So it's like Garrett Green's going to say if he thinks he can beat Nico next year. If he doesn't feel like he can beat Nico next year, because Will Crowder's might even be better than Garrett Green, then I think Garrett Green, then I think Will Crowder stays because he thinks he might be able to beat out Nico next year. And those two will battle it out next year. Only case in which I see Green staying now, if that's what happens, is if maybe he goes to wide receiver. And I know people have like toyed with that idea, but wide receiver somewhere where we need that, then we know Garrett Green's an elite athlete. And we've got Jeremiah Aaron coming in to kind of be that quick shifty guy. But I think throwing out Garrett Green, who's undoubtedly a good athlete, if there's anything we can say about the guy, is he's an athlete. Right. Um, he's talented. He's got talent. And so I think our team is better with him on it, even if that's him trying to catch a ball out out in the slot, you know. So is he up to that potential? I don't know. Maybe the guy really wants to play quarterback. But even then, he didn't really throw the ball much in high school. So maybe he has a, a penchant for wanting to run with the ball in his hand. So maybe he's okay with moving up. We've had a precedent set for wide receivers to be uh, quarterbacks to become wide receivers at West Virginia University, and it's worked out well yeah. for him. David Sills yeah. is a completely different kind of wide receiver and different body, but I mean, he got himself to the NFL on it. So you know, yeah, it's true. not you know, I'm, it's not something where I'm comfortable thing. with. Yeah, I've kind of been saying the same thing about Garrett Green, and you know, I don't know how low or you know how dedicated he is to the quarterback position. I don't mean that you know, in a in a smack or anything, but I mean. You know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, you you ask them to move positions and they're going to tell you, like, no, I'm a quarterback and that's what I'm going to play, you know. And, but Garrett Green's a baseball player at heart, I believe. You know, he's good at football, but I believe, you know, he grew up loving baseball. So I don't know how how loyal he is to the quarterback position if they were to ask him to move. I think it would be an interesting uh, scenario if that were to happen. I think that I would be – I'd be very excited to see that because I think that generally – if David Seals is to prove anything, you know, quarterbacks have good hands. They have a good mind for the offense and how the, how it works, where you're supposed to be on certain plays. Um, so I, I think it would be a win-win if they decided to do that. Uh, and then in, in turn, you can, you know, you know, maybe mix them in some, uh, some trick plays in there. You know, you could throw a, a wide receiver screen over to Garrett Green, then he can throw it along or, or, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking, thinking yeah. as a fan at this point, but. But yeah, there's yeah, a lot of different options that, yeah. that they could do. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't think Eric Green looked all that that bad. I think Jordan mentioned right here. He said uh, Green made some mid-range throws that were sporadic most of the time, but his deep ball looked really good. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, you know, his rollout passes, you know, weren't all that accurate. Um, what I meant mostly by his improvement in that area was just you know, the way that the opera. You know, for a quarterback to be able to go from one area to the other on a football field, the offense has to go through a sequence, you know, in that during that play, I guess. And the way that the offense operated just looked smooth to me. Um, and that was that was no matter who was on the field. I, and I guess that's more of a nod to Graham Harrell than anything, um, which that, you know, that was one of the main things that I was excited to see along with everybody else was the new offense. And, and they, they really – if they move the ball that fast and they can be that even faster than that time, you know, from when the season comes in, uh, I think the offense is going to be in really good shape. Uh, but moving along, I know we talked about all the offense except for the running backs. Um, I, I did that purposefully because I don't think that we got an accurate view of the running backs because, you, you know, we got two-hand touch out there. But um, from what we did see, I thought Lynn J. Dixon looked very well. Tony Mathis obviously looked well uh, with what he was given. 
Uh, but what did you think about the running backs? Is there anybody that stood out to you more than the other? No, I think that they all kind of gave you – I mean, we only saw when Jay Dixon touched the ball three times. So, I mean, like you said, we don't get an accurate right. representation of those guys' talents. Um, I do think that, that our running back room is a bit stacked right now, so I think that that brings mm-hmm. good competition. But I definitely think that this is going to be a place where we might see – four guys is a lot of guys to try to f- balance. And, you know, you've got – Lynn J. Dixon and Tony Mathis that are kind of the old heads leading the running backs. And then you've got Justin Johnson and Jalen Anderson, both have shown the ability to be really, really good. And are the younger guys that are really fighting for those um, fighting for those snaps. So it's going to be really crazy to watch that work out. I think Justin Johnson is the one that probably excites me the most. I think him and Tony Mathis both excite me the most because they both just seem to be a little bit more shifty, got good cuts on them and I like the way they run. Yeah, I, I honestly I couldn't say that one excited me more than the other. You know, Tony Mathis was the one that I was really wanting to see going into the game uh, because you only got to see you know small little spurts of him last year. Uh, but Lin J. Dixon, I also wanted to see a lot of a lot of because you know transfer from Clemson. I've heard I've heard good things about him. I've heard bad things about him. I wanted to see what he was actually about in a game situation. Um, and I liked what I seen out of him, and, and then you know I've heard so much out of Justin Johnson, out of the coaching staff, and and throughout spring practice that you know again I was high up on him. So there wasn't really one that I was a, that I was more excited to see than the other. I was just really excited to see what they had. Um, which out of all these guys, I think all of them are four star guys, except for maybe Tony Mathis. Tony Mathis might be a three star guy, but Lynn J. Dixon, <laughs> yeah, I say, but Lynn J. Dixon, Justin Johnson, and Jalen Anderson are all four star recruits at one point in time. Jalen Anderson didn't get on campus until like two two months into the football season. But one thing I have heard them talk about with Lynn J. Dixon is the coaching staff's been wanting him to get un, like lose some weight, and he has not yet done it. And they've kind of been preaching that to him since he got on campus in the winter, going into the uh, spring. But hey, I guess we'll see if he like if he looks that good right now, and they think he's overweight. I can't wait to see what he can't does. Can't wait to see if he's in, what it looks like when he's in shape. He's in shape. Yeah. <laughs> Cruz says, uh, Lynn Jay was true to his word, told it, hey, Coach Neil Brown, if he gave him three carries, he would score a touchdown on one of the th- on one of those three. Yeah. Scored a touchdown, touchdown on his first carry. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think that's what really got me excited about him is because that first carry, you know, it was a 10-yard little scamper off to the right side. I thought it, the offensive line was what impressed me on that play, but Lynn Jay didn't look bad. <laughs> because the offensive line created that 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 uh that edge push right there on the right side that I noticed. And uh, I, I could see that he was going to have an easy touchdown from the time that the play started pretty much. Uh, but I guess we're going to move on to the uh, – I guess we'll move on to the defensive side of the ball. We haven't talked very much about the defense. Uh, Aubrey Burks had the uh, the biggest interception of the day, I guess. Uh, but in terms of this secondary, I know that we've talked about how young they are and, and you know, we don't have – really know a lot of names back there besides Charles Woods, which I don't believe that he played. Did, did Charles Woods play on Saturday or did he, he played like a handful of snaps. He might've played the one possession and then they What's immediately that? put in Grayson Malashevich to Grayson get some snaps in. Or you mean Davis Mallinger? Davis Mallinger. Yeah. I do the same thing. I, I do the same thing. Uh, but yeah, Davis Mallinger came in for him. Uh, but I know that we talked about how young they are, but did they, did they impress you at all? Did they look good? Did they look bad? I mean, I thought that they looked pretty good. You can't really do too much in the terms. I don't think they got too crazy in sending 
a lot of guys up front trying to blitz and stuff like that. They definitely tried to – I think a lot of the defensive schemes for the first-team defense was definitely geared towards testing the quarterback because there was definitely like a, quite a few corner blitzes in there. They were bringing heat, showing a bunch of guys, dropping guys back, and they were really testing the quarterbacks. And I think that the defensive backs also got tested. Like I said, they tested Aubrey Burks out there quite a bit. Um, I think – who is it? the guys in the back right now? See, they're so young I can hardly remember the names. But, I mean – yeah. We gave up a few big balls, but, uh, you know, is that the wide receivers or is that the defensive backs? I don't know. It's still just it's such a young room, and I hardly, I hardly even know their names, so it's hard to really tell you. I think that I think that that's definitely going to be where we use some transfers, uh, and Jacoby Spells is going to come in and probably uh, compete for one of those spots. So Yeah, I, I believe so, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I think I had to I had to keep looking at the uh, the, the team guy that they, they gave out before the game the other day. Because I didn't, they didn't have names on the back of the jerseys or anything, so it makes it even harder to know who, mm. who which one is, unless they've been there for a few years. You know, you know the Bryce Ford Wheatons and you know the Garrett Greens, but you know, you don't know who Andrew Wilson Lamp is without the name on the back, or you don't know who. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that are new faces on this team. Yeah, Andrew uh, Wilson Lamp looks good. Now that you bring him up, yeah, I, I yeah. do remember making a note that he had made a lot of plays. I mean, he just seemed to be get his hand out there and breaking up passes and stuff like that. So, Yeah, Andrew Wilson-Lamp actually made a great handful of plays. Um, if you go back and watch the spring game, that's one guy that I tried to pay. I went back and watched it. Um, I tried to watch it a couple times uh, now, but I think Andrew Wilson-Lamp is one of those guys that could grow very fast in this defense this year. Uh, I think he's already grown a lot since he's been on campus, but he was with – the, he was with the receivers step by step on Saturday. Um, him and Aubrey Burks. Aubrey Burks, I know, had the interception, but all day long, I, I felt like he he played very well. Um, you know, I, I I wish we could have seen a little bit more out of Charles Woods, but I think we know what we're going to get with Charles Woods, so they're not really going to test him out there and 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 take an opportunity on him getting hurt or anything like that. I think they they learned their lesson with Sam James out there, and uh, I think it was Garrett Green that just floated him up there and let him get hurt on that one play. Yeah. Um, but If there's one player on the defense, though, that I think just his pure athleticism surprises me sometimes, and if he could be consistently as good as his, like, close to his best, is Jared Bartlett. The guy, mm. the guy's got so much talent. I mean, I there was one play that really just caught me because he almost got a sack on one of the quarterbacks, and he was going up against Wyatt Milam, who's probably – probably our most talented offensive lineman right now. He hasn't come to his full potential yet, but it's for sure probably our most talented offensive lineman. And he just caught him on his heels, and he blew right by him. And that impressed me. I mean, that was a freshman All-American last year. He just blew right by him. His thing is he can't consistently do that, but if he could just get to where he does it 80% of the time, then he would be a menace for defenses. Jared Bartlett is scary when he wants to be. Yeah, I agree. I like Jarrett Bartlett. I think another guy that I liked uh, a lot that I seen a lot out of on Saturday was Lee Coba. Uh, you know, hated to lose Josh Chandler Samito to the transfer portal. I think he was one of my favorite players on this defense. But a guy that has came in and filled that spot very, very well uh, is Lee Coba. He plays with a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of energy. Um, he plays with a you know a head, a nose for the ball. Uh, pretty much every single play, if he wasn't there making a tackle, he was there ready to make a tackle. Uh, and that's one play, player that I'm really 
ready and excited to see because I think that he's going to be a leader for this de- this defense and has to be a leader for this defense playing that Mike linebacker position. Um, but in terms of that, everybody that sits in that box on that defense, I didn't, I didn't, I, I did like what I see. I guess I, I should say. Uh, but Lee Coba really stood out to me, and I knew that he was going to. I think I mentioned him in the in the the preview show of the spring game. Uh, but he's a he's a player I'm really excited to see what brings to the table for this defense this season, especially you, you know having to hold a lot of it together with it being so young on the backside. Yeah, and I think he's definitely one of those program building kind of guys where he comes in and he really seems to embody the culture. They say he's a great teammate. I think that's the kind of people that know Browns are really trying to find that. And they say that he loves football and that he just flies all over the place. So, uh, yeah, Jordan brought uh, this up. He just commented it down here. And I was going to talk, talk about this. So I'm glad you reminded us. Um, he said that he thinks that we're going to land Austin Cave from Miami with one of those remaining scholarships. And it would be a big need. And that's Austin Cave. He's a linebacker from Miami. I think he was in the 2019 class. Um, yeah, we need somebody to spell behind Pogba at the Mike linebacker spot. Yeah. And he's definitely got some coming. I think he's only played 40-some – I was reading about him earlier. He's only played 40-some snaps at Miami, so it's not that much experience. But um, it's competing for some of the most we have at that position right now. So, Yeah. And how would it be to get – you know, we lose all these players to Miami and then how would get it be one to get back. one from Miami? That would be pretty cool in my opinion. Yeah. Let's talk about those transfer spots. Though. Where where do you think that we need them at? I mean, because there's still a couple holes that we need to fill, and I think that everybody has different opinions on where these should go. So what are your opinions on where these remaining three scholarships, I suppose? I think that the uh, I think that the bulk of them should be used for the uh, for the secondary on the defense. I think that that's a gimme. I think that, you know, if, if you're legitimately thinking about having a successful season and having, a you know, even a decent defense, you know, you can be however good up front, but you need to be somewhat good on that backside if you're going to be playing the receivers and the quarterbacks that you play in the Big 12 Conference. Um, so I think that's where they need to at least put one or two of those scholarships into. Um, I think, you know, I think that we have great receivers. I do, but I think that we need strength in numbers. So I do. I th- think that maybe they should get one, at least one receiver from the transfer portal. Um, just to add a little bit of depth and give some give some of those guys on the sidelines some some you know rest a little bit because you know once we get down to the later part of the season uh, you're going to start to have injuries and guys get nicked up and banged up you're going to have guys have to have guys that come in and fill those spots um, so receiver and 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 safety and cornerback are the three biggest ones for me um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them possibly go defensive line uh, with the Mesador loss. Um, but I still think that we have a good amount of depth on the de- defensive line without having Mesador on there. You know, you still got Jeffrey um, Jordan Jefferson. You still got Dante Steels, Taj Austin, Jalen Thornton. Um, I, you, got, you got big, but Sean Martin, Sean you got big bodies, different types of bodies as well. Um, so I don't, I don't think that the defensive line is as big of a need as the other ones. but Yeah, because that was one of my first thoughts was the defensive line after Akeem left. But there's one guy that I want to bring up to keep your name on. He's not even on campus yet, but he's going to be coming in with uh, 16 guys that come in a little bit later on. And it's Asani Redwood. It's a name to keep an eye out yeah. for. He's from uh, Georgia. I had to look him up for a minute because I couldn't remember his name exactly. But Asani Redwood had, I think, 20 sacks in his senior season last year before he committed to the WVU. 
And I think he may have broke the Georgia State record for sacks, or he definitely led Georgia in sacks or something like that. It was insane. I mean, absolutely crazy numbers there in Georgia. I mean, so he was competing. He was a three-star. I mean, six foot three and a half at 240 pounds. And so I think that he's a guy that can come in and over the summer, you might start hearing his name a little bit about, you know, if if we're looking for some guys in that center, they're really clogged up and he's got the potential to, you know, really be an Akeem replacement. That's, that's one some people might want to keep their eyes on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big body. It sounds like. Yeah. And I mean, a freak athlete, he's getting sacks too. So he's got to be quick. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Takes a lot of talent to be that big and be agile with it, you know? Yeah. I think that we'll end up using two two scholarships on defensive backs. I think that we're going to get a safety and then probably uh, another cornerback. We're filling up with that linebacker need right now. And then I wouldn't be surprised if – I don't know if I would be surprised if if we went for a tackle, if it would make me – depressed that Jaquay Hubbard couldn't get it done or Brandon Yates couldn't get it done. So we had to go get a tackle. I think that would make me sad. But I think that we're definitely just going to stick with the wide receivers that we have. I know a lot of people will talk about us picking up another wide receiver, but again, I just don't think – I think they like who they've got, and they're just going to hope that those guys blossom under JT Daniels. You know, that once they get a good quarterback in there that knows how to throw to these guys, that these guys are just going to make it look like cake. Yeah. Like, like I've so many years of talent backwards. that we have. At that, at that wide receiver position, I do – you know, Sam James looked good. Bryce Ford Wheaton looked good. Preston Fox, you know, looked looked good. I think, you know, they talk about that he needs to do that against the ones, and I understand that, but I think that what he did was create a a very large opportunity for him this fall to, to get some game action, at, at least at some point, and see the field. Uh, so he's going to get opportunities to, to make a name for himself and – you know, how cool would it be for Preston Fox, kid from Morgantown, to come out, you know, not get a scholarship until the spring game and then come out and, and be impactful, be be productive and yeah, and be impactful for a team this fall. I think that would be be huge, not only for for West Virginia, but for a hometown kid from West Virginia. Yeah. You know, and that's another Especially thing, that I want to right now. Too, you know, talking about, you know, recruiting and transfers and things like that. One thing that I do want to give. A, a lot of recognition to for to Neil Brown for is, you know, West Virginia University got a knock for a long time for not recruiting hometown kids. And if you look across this roster right now, there is a lot of West Virginia kids on this roster. Kids from Morgantown, Spring Valley, um, across the, all over across the state. Uh, and, and that's one thing that I've really liked about his recruiting is not only has re- his recruiting classes been better quality, uh, but they've been more hometown kids and not, you know, shying away from West Virginia because they don't "Quote unquote," have the talent to win the Big Twelve Conference, uh, but I won't yeah. get into that right now. Uh, but I, that one thing I really wanted to give a shout out on because I really do. I, I've noticed that a lot more and more over the years, as we see these recruiting classes come together, is uh, Neil Brown has definitely tried to to stay home and recruit more West Virginia kids, and I couldn't be more happy with that. I think that that could be said for all of Mountaineer Nation as well. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something we. Wanted from Ben Holgerson, and Neil Brown's definitely giving us. So. Yeah. Uh, Dustin's uh, Salt says, I see a lot of, a little bit of uh, seals in Fox. Uh, I think the, the style of, I guess, play that he brings to the table, it would remind you a little bit of seals. He's very, I think Preston Fox is only five foot ten, 175 pounds, I believe. 
So he's got a very, very small frame. So his body type doesn't really fit the same as Seals as much. But but I guess if what, the way he plays and approaches the game, it, it does look, remind you a little bit of Seals. I think him laying out there was a little bit Seals-like. Yeah. I can see a little bit of Seals in the NFL. You know, see him bounce around a few times from the Bills. Yeah, he's still, the, he's still the grounds, around. But I like to see a bunch of those guys. All right, Bradley. Well, we've talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about the entire offense and defense. Is there anything you want to add to this team? Do you feel – I guess we'll, we'll – do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Do you feel indifferent about the team than you did before the spring game on Saturday? I would say I feel better about our team for probably the sole fact of I thought that Will Crowder looked the best because he has the best arm talent, and we're bringing in a guy with even better arm talent. And I think that, that right. that's that's meaningful. So, yeah, I would have to agree. I think I feel I feel better. You know, I've been getting excited for the past couple of weeks. You know, we've been listening to everything we talked about. Everybody's all you know excited about JT Daniels, excited about you know Graham Harrell. So we finally got to see not JT Daniels, but you finally got to see a little bit of what Graham Harrell brings to the table. Yeah. Um, and so that part I definitely feel better for um, is the offense. I, I really – I have complete confidence in the offense that they're going to do a lot better than they did last year, how well that's going to be. I think the sky's the limit for this offense. Uh, but the main thing that I think that made me feel better was the defense. You know, while they made some mistakes and while there was, you know – some assignments missed by the guys on the back end. For the most part, this defense held their own and held together. And I think that, you know, if they can get better from this aspect going into the season, West Virginia could potentially be, I don't want to say that it will be because there's a lot that can change from the fall, you know, until we get to the fall, but they could potentially be a really good football team. If, if everything, you know, comes together and has the cohesiveness that it looked like it had on Saturday. Yeah, it's definitely – we've got a lot of potential, a lot of potential. Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes down to, I think it comes down to the coaching staff to make sure it works too. So, you know, Brown's putting a lot a lot on this on this year. So, Yeah, he's definitely put everything into this year. I think, it, you know, you can definitely tell that as a West Virginia fan if you've been sitting back and watching for the past couple of years. But, uh, Dustin Saltz, we appreciate you, man. Uh, we try to get – as much content out to you guys as we possibly can. Uh, we're bringing, we got the spring game recap today. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have a special guest on the show. Um, that episode will probably be released tomorrow evening, I would guess, either tomorrow evening or Friday morning. Um, and, yeah, we, then we've cru- Cruz has got his Cruz film reviews. Check that one out on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, we've got about three episodes we're bringing to you guys this week. And we're going to try to keep doing these throughout the, the spring and the summer as much as we can as, as the updates come out and, you know, as West Virginia receives news. There's it's only so much we can talk about. Yeah. Oh, we're quick before we hop off. Year, but... Yeah, we're quick before we hop off, though. One of West Virginia's top recruiting uh, targets, uh, James Hurd Jr., said he's making an announcement at 3 o'clock today, so in 10 minutes. I think he's probably going to be dropping the top of those, probably like a top four, top five. And I do think that we're going to be on that list easy, so. Keep an eye out for that position, to today. What position does he play? Give me a second. I don't know. I'll tell you. I've been I trying to keep up with the recruiting right. trail, but there's so many names. I got my Twitter up. Hold on. 
Uh, he's listed as an athlete. Okay, so that'd be a good, a good guy to get because those athletes, you know, you, in my opinion, in in my experience, are way more versatile than just having a guy set to a position. He can come in. Yeah, I think we're targeting him for a defensive back. Defensive back. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he's being no, a transfer. No, 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 no. He's a high school kid. He's okay. he's a he's a fringe four star. So some have him as three, some have him as four. Yeah, getting those four star recruits can only help our recruiting class right now. I don't know yeah. if anybody's noticed. That's one thing that I also wanted to mention before we hop off here. That's one thing that I've noticed. Do you realize who has the number two recruiting class in the country right now? Mm-mm. It's Texas Tech. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I think that that should be something to take note of. That Texas Tech has jumped from the 60s, 60. Maybe it was 43rd. 43rd recruiting class in the country to the number two recruiting class in the country. Wow. M1 that is insane. But I mean, it's still early on right now, so. Yeah. West Virginia's not on a bad track right now either, though. 35 no, to 21. In class. Yeah. No, no Brown said the other day that the class of 23 is going to be better than the class of 22, and he, he was sure of that. So that was exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Only going to continue to climb, man. I'm going to. Yeah. TTC, fellas, TTC. Time to climb now. We gotta, yeah. you know, we're not trusted to climb anymore. It's time. To got climb. it. Got the gear on, so it's time to give up. Thanks, John Kelly, also for watching. We appreciate the yeah, support. We really appreciate everybody it, here. Yeah, make sure you guys are, you know, liking, subscribing, following, sharing. We appreciate all the interactions. We love you guys. So, absolutely, we do but this for you. Unless you got anything else, Brad, I think that's all I got for today, brother. That's it for me. All right. Well, thank you guys as always, and uh, like I said, be on the lookout. I guess either tomorrow evening or Friday morning for the new episode um, with, uh, I'm going to say, a surprise guest. I won't tell you guys who it is yet. But but as always, I'm your host, Stephen Vestal, for Bradley Brown. Uh, we'll see you next time. As always, let's go Mountaineers. Take a stroll down those